You're listening to the Legal Skinny Podcast with Trisha Burita. I'm a 16-year licensed practicing attorney in the state of Texas. I created Legal Skinny because when I've been invited to do educational seminars on different subjects in employment law and leadership topics, company leaders like CEOs, managers, and HR professionals would often ask me where can they find a little more information on this and a little more information on that. Look, I get it. There's a lot of resources out there, but sometimes it's confusing and people are so busy. Sometimes people only have 30 or 15 or maybe even five minutes in their day to devote to learning something new. On this podcast, you'll hear me have discussions and interviews on topics relevant to company leaders. Disclaimer though, Legal Skinny is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Also remember, laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Legal Skinny podcast. Tattletale snitches, squealer, informer, rat, all kinds of words have been used in the English language to describe someone telling on somebody else for doing what that someone thinks is a bad thing. From kids on the playground reporting to their teacher to high-profile criminal cases where one defendant made a deal to testify against another defendant to get a lesser sentence or immunity. I mean, this idea of reporting or informing, it's intertwined in all parts of our modern society and our history. And the term whistleblower in its most basic form refers to one who blows a whistle. There's lots of uh, speculation of how far back it goes in our history, but uh, one thought is that around the end of the 19th century, it started being referenced as the referee who blew the whistle to show the rules in a sporting event, but that the context then changed when it started being used to reference those bringing attention to wrongdoing and sort of has evolved from there. In the employment law realm, whistleblower means a great many things. But what should immediately pop into your head if you are a company leader is that a whistleblower could have legal protections from retaliation. In other words, don't fire them, don't discipline them, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, If you plan to do so, then you really need to know and understand what you are doing. Retaliation cases are sometimes the hardest to digest as a company leader. Because you may think, well, I did not fire them because of them reporting a problem at work with blank, you know, filling it with a safety issue or working conditions or discrimination. I fired them because of blank. And then you can fill in any number of things, poor performance, excessive absenteeism or tardiness, rule violations, insubordination, misconduct, et cetera, et cetera. A company leader may then think, don't I have the right to still fire them? And I guess the simple answer is yes, except with a big but. It's just not that black and white. If there are any holes in the reason you're claiming you you fired them, for instance, you didn't fire someone else uh, for doing the exact same thing, There can be potential problems, or there can at least be a fact issue about whether it was really retaliation, which is still um, 
going to lead you through the whole court process and all the expense and and complications of that and letting a jury potentially decide. So this brings me to a recent lawsuit filed in Austin, Texas by the U.S. Department of Labor against an Austin luxury car dealer named High Tech Motor Cars LLC and High Tech Import LLC and High Tech Luxury Imports LLC. So this luxury car dealer in Austin, Texas, um, had this lawsuit filed against them by the Department of Labor alleging these facts. In December 2020, an employee learned that another employee who had been in the workplace and in close contact with other employees had tested positive for COVID-19. That employee who found this out attempted to convince management to take steps to inform employees of the risk of exposure so they could take steps to protect themselves and reduce the chances of further transmission of the virus. Since management took no action, the employee then responded to a health-related email to all of uh, the, the employer's employees, including management, um, in this December 14, 2020 email stating, it has come to my attention that an employee has tested positive for COVID-19. I feel it is important to inform all employees of the current situation. And the employee had changed the subject line of the email to read COVID positive test in shop. So then less than an hour after sending that email to everybody, uh, all those employees and management, um, the employer, the luxury car dealer, terminated the employee claiming he had identified the employee with COVID-19, which of course, you know, uh, if you've been listening to this podcast um, or paying attention to this, there's, you know, confidentiality issues there with that. Um, but the Department of Labor alleges in their petition that he did not name the employee. And so the dealership um, also in their, in their termination of the employee confirmed he was terminated for sending this email because his only job was to fix cars which the DOL states in their you know, petition that they find this to mean the dealership employer is sending a clear message that management did not want its employees taking actions afforded by the Occupational Safety and Health Act in furtherance of workplace safety. So this is, a, of course, referencing um, the law enacted by Congress and signed by President Richard Nixon in December 1970 and has been around. Uh, you know, in, you know, giving and allowing for the enforcement of actions against employers that don't don't allow for workplace safety or, or take retaliatory steps regarding that. So in addition to the facts I just talked about that the DOL alleges in their petition, um, in their press release, the Department of Labor states that OSHA found the employee exercised their legal rights under Section 11C of the OSHA Act and that the termination was legal. In the lawsuit, the DOL is seeking on behalf of the fired employee reinstatement, lost wages and benefits resulting from the termination, reimbursement for costs and expenses, compensatory damages, and exemplary or punitive damages. Um, with the OSHA regional administrator in this press release, Eric S. Harbin in Dallas, Texas, stating, no worker should ever fear losing their job for raising workplace safety and health concerns. OSHA's investigation and U.S. Department of Labor's action in this case show we will enforce these protections vigorously. 
Then the regional solicitor of labor, John Rainwater in Dallas, Texas, also stated in the press release, this employee acted out of real concern for their safety and that of their coworkers, and their actions are protected under federal law. The law also protects whistleblowers from retaliation by their employer and holds employers accountable when they do. So <laughs> while this employer is in hot water in a lawsuit in Austin, let's just talk about the alleged facts of this case and some company culture concerns to consider. You know, when I say snitch or savior as the title of this episode, I want to talk about what you can do today to understand how your company culture um, could be perceived related to safety in the workplace and how you as a leader would be perceived by a third party or how you are currently being perceived by your own employees. Just from the alleged facts that I told you, you may have a feeling right now listening to this that that employee is a snitch or that that employee is a savior. So which is it? If you think about the facts of some other famous whistleblowers, even outside the context of safety in the workplace, you may have strong feelings about those as well. A few historical examples. Um, Jeffrey Wiglin, 1996, the former tobacco executive who claimed on the show 60 Minutes that cigarette companies were intentionally packing products with addictive levels of nicotine. Linda Tripp, 1998, when she told the Office of Independent Counsel that Lewinsky had committed perjury when she filed an affidavit denying she had a sexual relationship with the president. And then the three whistleblowers who Time Magazine named Person of the Year in 2002. WorldCom accountant Cynthia Cooper and Enron executive Sharon Watkins for exposing corporate fraud. And FBI agent Colleen Rowley for her memo to the then FBI director Robert Mueller about the mishandling of security threats warning before 9-11. There's definitely feelings and thoughts people and you may have about these individuals and their reporting. And that is something to think about because it is a little um, important to understand that everyone can see things in a different light uh, depending on their perception of what the events were and how the reporting occurred and how important it may be that the reporting occurred. So, you know, of course, to further help you, I did some research, you know, on Urban Dictionary, very serious research <laughs> beyond reading the actual petition in the case I was talking about, to just make sure we're on the point about how someone might perceive one who reports safety issues. According to Urban Dictionary, one of the definitions of a tattletale is a small child or adult that tells when others are, quote, doing something bad, much to the annoyance of everyone around them. Hence, often earning themselves unflattering titles. Uh, and if you scroll down in some of the other parts it has on there, it says the word narc, snitch. Uh, they even had the word stupid listed, all referenced about a so-called tattletale. A transfer that out of the elementary school playground context to an individual work. And you have the makings of what could be a culture that does not tolerate one that so-called tells someone of authority of others doing bad things. Even if the leadership is not partaking in blatant name calling, 
I can tell you right now that it doesn't even take the most charming of attorneys to paint the culture in a bad light. If it's allowed to go on, especially. See, these retaliation in these situations is so much about the perception of it all. And note, as we're not in grade school, <laughs> so we're not during, dealing with like a mere tattletale that Billy pushed me off the swing or pulled my pigtails, you know, a true whistleblower may appear to be alone, but they may not be. And more importantly, while some may tag them as a snitch, others may see them as a savior. And you don't really know who's appreciative of someone taking a stand or someone doing the reporting. And truthfully, you may not be able to predict it. But you can control how you show up as a leader. And you can take steps to make a culture that clearly wants safety for its workers. So to help you out on this, I've created a cheat sheet worksheet to immediately let you brainstorm on how you are approaching safety in the workplace in your company culture. So even if you are confident in how everything is going, this kind of exercise can be helpful and useful. Anyhow, if you want to grab this free worksheet, go to LegalSkinny.com forward slash podcast forward slash 66. I linked it right there in my show notes for episode 66. Finally, let me say something very simple. So many retaliation cases could be prevented if the company leader had just made the worker feel their concerns were taken seriously. I don't even care if, say, Nancy shows up to work and reports to you that Alyssa wore the wrong color socks from what the uniform dress code requires. To you, that may not feel as significant as, say, I don't know, all the other things on your plate that day. For you, the color of the socks Alyssa wore aren't really much of a safety issue, although they are listed with the other safety parts of the uniform. And to you, it may even feel tattletale-ish. Look, people are going to bring or report stuff to you as a leader that you do not think is a major issue. It doesn't matter. In fact, get over that thought. It's not useful to you. And instead, consider reframing your thoughts to recognize it's your job as a leader to create a culture where you have a plan to sort through all the non-serious and serious reports that may be brought to you by workers to make sure you don't miss something important and to let them know you aren't just blowing off their concerns. And I'll leave you with that. And that's the legal skinny on snitch or savior. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Legal Skinny Podcast. I would love for you to go to www.legalskinny.com forward slash review to learn the super simple way to leave me a review to tell me which topics and guests you like. I value your thoughts and your review helps me support more company leaders just like you to grow as a leader themselves and to grow successful teams. I also drop the link in the show notes if that's easier for you. And while you're there, check out all the other resources I have for you as a company leader. And don't forget, our disclaimer to remember legal skinny is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. 
laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So also remember, this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you. Thank you.